Girl Tries Life podcast where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, and today on the podcast, we're talking about stress as it relates to your space and your stuff. Uh, If you were on, I think it was in January this year, although 2020 feels just like a blur in so many ways, Um, but I think that was when the Tidying Up series came out with Marie Kondo. And I kind of, where was that last year? Oh my gosh, my brain's not even there anymore. Basically, the Marie Kondo series Tidying Up came out and the world kind of caught on fire with how we can simplify and declutter our spaces not just for the sake of tidying, but so that we have more joy and quite frankly, less stress in our life. Now, I've been following Helen Yoon for quite some time on social media. She's local to Calgary and she has her own business, Spark Joy with Helen. Helen is the first certified KonMari consultant in the world. And we talk in this episode how she got into that in the first place. And it was actually quite an interesting journey that led her into tidying up, essentially. I've seen her speak a number of times and have followed her on social media. And I'm just always blown away by by what she has accomplished, how it's changed her life, and how she keeps her home feeling like calm, peaceful, and joyful with a child in tow. Now... I actually went through the KonMari um, decluttering process. We were working with a KonMari consultant in training named Diane, who was fantastic, and she helped us to declutter our home. And I can tell you the impact that this work has. And Helen and I talk about like specifically how it relates to your stress. It's such a it's such an interesting conversation. And it's funny because at the time that I recorded this interview with Helen, her and I talked offline about it afterwards, but. I hadn't really said to anybody that I was moving yet, that we're moving to BC, uh, pending the sale of our home. And the interesting thing is we did this, you know, whole household declutter and it totally brought us joy. We felt so much better afterwards, but it's funny how then when you say, is this going to spark joy in a new home, in a new place? And that answer is sometimes different. Like we had to do the mother of all declutters to actually have our home ready for sale. And it was so much work. It was so, 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 so much work. But it was amazing. And our home looks fantastic. It's not as homey as we would like. And it doesn't necessarily spark joy for us. But the decluttering, like we know that when we get to BC, we have all the things that actually matter to us that spark joy. So I'm less stressed about having to do this again on the other side. But you know we're on the Stressless Habits Challenge, right? If you don't know what the Stressless Habits Challenge is, every month we're taking on a brand new habit to help us master stress reduction. These are all things that are um, timely. These are all things that are not going to take too much of your time that are really going to help you manage your stress. July is finding five minutes of pure joy a day. So I wanted to have this conversation with Helen specifically in July. If you want to join the Stressless Habits Challenge, go to stresslesshabits.com. You will get all the fantastic resources and then you can follow me on Instagram at stresslessladies where you can participate in the challenge. It's, it's, I'm just loving it so far, seeing how everyone's sparking joy in their day-to-day lives, how we are making this a reality. And the interesting thing is, you know, in talking to Helen, we can spark joy through tidying up. So maybe I'll be seeing some social media posts about you guys tidying up for some joy. Just throwing that out there. 
Okay, now the Girl Tries Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. This particular episode is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. You know I love me some uh, saving money and, and providing money back to the community. So in Alberta, you get to choose where you buy your energy from. If you choose Park Power, your money stays here. And, you know, during COVID, super important to shop local. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is really important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kosowski. And we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. So you can learn more at parkpower.ca. This episode is also brought to you by World on Fire, which is a new podcast from CBC Edmonton. World on Fire is a new five-part series that takes you to the front lines of -of out-of-control wildfires in Canada, Australia, and California. Recorded during the COVID-19 pandemic, hosts Adrian Lamb and Mike Flanagan look at what it takes to find hope in the midst of fear and destruction, and how communities affected by wildfires rebuild. And I mean, if we're talking about a stressful topic, you know wildfires massively so so i'm really interested to learn more about how communities do rebuild the series examines the high cost that wildfires cause to people's health homes and communities so you can find world on fire on the cbc listen app or wherever you listen to podcasts you can also find it online at cbc.ca slash world on fire that's cbc.ca slash world on fire so again I hope that you enjoy this interview with Helen as much as I did. She's an absolute joy, uh, no pun intended, and I think you're going to really get a lot out of it. So without further ado, let's head to the interview. Well, thank you so much, Helen, for joining me on the podcast. I'm so pleased to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm always excited to be on a podcast. Exciting. Well, yes, your husband's a podcaster. It's like in your household all the time. Yes, except I'm not invited on his podcast as often as you might think. (laughs) How very rude. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to him about that. Yeah. So you guys moved to Calgary from Toronto, hey? Yeah, we did back in 2012. Yeah. And what, and you were doing marketing when you were in Toronto? No, I, so I had studied fashion design in university and I worked in the industry, um, in the apparel industry for, um, I don't know, 10 years ish. And then, yeah, then we moved here and, but because there wasn't so much, there wasn't a a big fashion industry in Calgary at the time. So I felt like the best option was to pivot into marketing. Yeah. And then what led you from fashion and marketing into KonMari certification? When did that start to bubble up of interest? Okay, so you're going to get the the long answer. Um, But this is, you know, I feel like I have to kind of give you the whole context of the story. Yeah. Back in 2015, I was on the tail end of my maternity leave when I discovered the Kumara method. So I was at a really low point in my life, um, just like having a hard time with being becoming a parent, processing motherhood and coming out of postpartum depression. And my husband 
was at home as well because he was on stress leave from his job. So the, the same job that brought us to Calgary in the first place. So every day we were just trying to like, get through it. And our home was really cluttered and chaotic. And, but I've always been a messy person. So it, it wasn't like too different. It just, you know, was a little bit crazier. And so one day I was actually just really bored. I finished, I thought I finished Netflix. I had this moment where I was like, there's nothing else for me to watch. What am I going to do with my time? Because when you're depressed and at home, you're going to watch a lot of TV. And so anyway, so I heard um, a lot of my friends talking about Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And I downloaded the book on a whim. And I immediately regretted it because I thought I had wasted $10 (laughs) because I really wasn't much of a reader at that time. Like I couldn't tell you back in 2015, I couldn't even tell you what book I read. Like if somebody asked me, when's the last, I'm like, I don't know, maybe a cookbook. Anyway, so I did the next best thing and I asked my husband to read it and summarize it for me. <laughs> I, said, I said, Dave, you're a reader. You read this for me and you summarize it. Let, let, let me know if there's any good tips we can implement. But he immediately got so into it. And I'm like, wait a second. Why are you so into this organizing book written by a Japanese lady? And so I was really curious about it. So I started reading it as well. And we both just had this moment where we're like, we have to do this. We have to give it a try. Um, Marie says, if you do it right, you only have to do it once. And she calls it a tiding festival because it's this like special event in your life. So we did the whole thing and our home went through this massive transformation. Like it was, the result was better than anything we could have imagined. And I felt like this new person. And so I was really excited to go back to work. But soon after I went back, I realized my job didn't spark joy anymore because I wasn't the same person anymore. Um, I felt like this huge conflict and I felt like my job was in conflict with my values because in my personal life at that point, I was simplifying every aspect of my life. I was asking myself, you know, does it spark joy? And I was really into zero waste. And I remember I used to sneak compost into my work because we didn't have compost set up at at my condo yet. Anyway, so that's my personal life. I'm trying to simplify everything. And in my professional life, my job was to buy and print everything that the marketing department needed. So that included all the promo goods that you would give out at events, like stress balls. Nobody keeps. Yeah, nobody keeps. Nobody wants like water bottles, um, pens with our logo on it, like notepads, like everything, all the crap you could think of. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm spending so much money at work buying all the stuff that I would never take home. And yeah, it just felt really weird because I just wouldn't take any of that stuff. And um, my workplace at that same time was also increasingly becoming more and more toxic. And eventually I just realized, you know what? I would be happier doing anything else, anything else. So I left. Um, and all this happened before I went for the consultant training. But it was, I, I think just having done the process, it really gives you clarity on what brings you joy. So when something doesn't bring you joy, instead of like fearing about what's gonna happen, it's like, okay, let me find something else that's gonna spark joy for me. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And it is, um, I once had a job that was very, I was like two jobs in one and the two sides were very at odds with each other. Like one side was community investment and the other side was events. And you're like, this just doesn't tie very well. So I can, I know what you're meaning when like when values are out of alignment, right? It just doesn't fit. So 
the inch, I can't believe you did all of that with a, with a kid at wine. I say the same process. I've got two small children as well. I've got a two-year-old and a four and a half year old. And I feel like it is impossible to keep KonMari going, but I'm probably just not doing it right. Well, it's definitely possible, but you just have to have to keep trying and have patience. I know it's when my two-year-old pulls all my KonMari folded clothes out of the drawer and you're like, I love you. You're cute. So let's talk about, it's interesting that this happened at a time when you were both feeling a lot of stress. How do you find for both yourself and for the clients that you work with, how do you find clutter affects your mental health and your stress in general? Well, what I've noticed is that everyone has a different tolerance for clutter, but clutter is clutter and no one thrives in it. So, you know, when you tidy up your home using the Komari method, you let go of everything that doesn't spark joy. And then your home becomes a place that really supports your ideal life. So when we talk about your ideal life, we mean this is the life that's going to bring you the most joy. And when your environment is cluttered, it actually has the opposite effect. So instead of supporting you to live your best life, it actually holds you back from doing what you want to do. And so I just want to give you a couple of examples. Um, Like one of my clients hired me because she found herself giving up so many weekends away with her family. Like they have a place near a mountain where they go skiing. And she often would send her husband, her kids away while she stays home to organize because she's like, we have to get, I have to get ahead of next week. And another one of my clients, you know, haven't had people over in in her house to entertain over in over 10 years. And, um, and another client of mine, one of my first clients, she told me how she slept better at night after we organized her room. And that's when I realized this can affect you in ways you don't even realize. Because why would having a neater room make you having a better sleep? Because when you're sleeping, your eyes are closed. You can't see, you can't see the environment. So it's all about that last moment before you close your eyes, what you're seeing and kind of how that sets the tone and how you feel. If your heart feels cluttered, if your mind feels cluttered, then you'll probably have a cluttered sleep. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, I think it's interesting what you're saying about how it sets the tone. Cause if I go to my desk to work and it's just covered in stuff, your mind feels like jumbled up anyways. Right. But if you start with a clear surface. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, I'm just thinking like when you go to a hotel Let's say you go on a trip and you go into this hotel and you open the door and you walk into this beautiful room where the bed is made and you're just like, ah, you just feel relaxed, right? And usually no matter, like for us, no matter what plans we think we have for the rest of the day, when we get to a beautiful hotel room, we always end up just like everybody jumps into the bed and just relax for a bit before we decide, you know, what, what else we're going to do. And imagine going to that hotel and you open the door and then like nothing, like, you know, the bed's a mess and you're just like stuff everywhere. You're just gonna be like, ah. Yeah. So, but are there certain like hot spots that people tend to have in their houses? Like is, do you have a junk drawer? I don't have a junk drawer. Oh my gosh. Well, the thing is one of the most important piece about trying to stay organized and in the Kumara method is that once you decide, okay, I'm going to keep this right? But then where am I going to, where, where is the home for this item? If you're going to keep your, you know, your jewelry, where do you keep your jewelry? Where do they go when you're not wearing it? So Mm -hmm. everything has to have a home. Your clothing has to go somewhere, right? Your jewelry has to go somewhere. Your electronics have to go somewhere. So everything has a place. So when everything has a place, 
what is the purpose of a junk drawer? Yeah, no, you're right. It, I still find it's like the random little things. Like we don't know what this screw is from, but it clearly fell out of something. So it's going to stay in the junk drawer. <laughs> so what you could do instead is have a small compartment, maybe in your toolbox where you keep those little random pieces so that at least they're all together. And you know, if you haven't used it in five years, you're like, all right, I definitely don't need this. And that time frame, some people, you know, their limit is three months or six months or 12 months or 10 years. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Cause I, for, I used to follow the minimalists and I was mm. like, this is just too much for me. <laughs> I'm not quite on that level. Um, but I, I think you're right. Like, and often what I, from as a stress reduction coach, what I hear from clients about their spaces is that it feels like too much for them to do all at once. Um, do you find that the KonMari method overwhelms people or do you find they just have to like get through that initial hurdle and then it kind of just starts to flow? Well, it definitely overwhelms people. I mean, it's a really big process, right? To kind of turn your house upside down and to go through everything. However, what I found is many of my clients, they hired me after they have tried to do something on their own. And so when you're on your own, you're more likely to get distracted. You might say, okay, I'm going to start in my closet. And then as you're going through your clothes, you might find a book. Then you sit down, you start reading this book and then a letter falls out and you're looking at this letter. And then, you know, like it could, one thing could lead to another and all of a sudden it's four hours and you're like, oh my gosh, not all I've got is like a messy closet um, because I haven't actually started yet. So having somebody there with you just helps keep you focused and you know we never let you get stuck on anything we just keep moving forward and then you know when people have uncertainties then having the right questions being asked or even just to talk about it it might make people feel like the process is easier and also I think when you're talking about your entire home because the Komari method we don't work by room we work by category so when you look at the category and I was bring a checklist, it just having things checked off, it's kind of, it's pretty satisfying. Yeah. And so it's like having a roadmap, even though everybody has different things, having that roadmap just helps the digest like the entire project into smaller chunks and it's just easier. Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to go back to KonMari with kids because okay. I feel like I, Okay. We went through the KonMari method with um, someone who's doing their certification. She was amazing. And I feel like it made a phenomenal difference to our home. And then December hit, which is Christmas. And my son's birthday is two days before Christmas. And then my daughter's birthday and all the things, the clothes that they outgrow so quickly that have to be replaced, the gifts that just come into your home. Uh, sometimes we look around and we're like, I know we got rid of so much stuff, but it what happened? How do you keep like consistent when you've got so much constant in and out with all the stuff that comes with kids? Well, with kids, as I mentioned, you need a lot of patience. And I just wanted to say that people don't know how to get organized because they never learned how to, right? That's the problem. I mean, I think that was my problem too. And I think that's why it's so important to teach your kids these life skills rather than just doing it for them. They should be involved so that they can learn how to do this. They can learn that it's okay to let go. Um, and so we always suggest that with kids, you can start as young as three. So when they're three years old, they're going to be a little bit more ready um, to 
start practicing the method, but they're not going to get it immediately. I mean, just like we don't always get everything immediately either, right? So that's where patience really comes in. The first thing we always advise people to do is involving them with organizing by teaching them how to fold and put away their clothes. Because, I mean, that's something they start to get, they start to dress themselves at that age. So knowing how to fold and put everything away, um, it's going to be really helpful to them. And so before they're three years old, you're going to be doing most of that for them, but they learn quickly. So if you establish, this is where we put the pants and this is where the PJs are. This is where shirts are. They remember. And so it just helps to kind of, you know, it's kind of like you can't tell your kid to clean up their room if your room isn't tidy, <laughs> right? So you kind of have to set a good example. And sometimes, honestly, you know, I'm not lying when I say this, having a kid encourages me to be tidier because when laundry is done, my husband puts it on our bed. I don't always want to put it away, but then I think to myself, would I let Emerson get away with this? <laughs> and so yeah. I wouldn't. So then, you know, if he's not allowed to just leave laundry, not fold it and put away that I'm not allowed either. And so I make sure I fold and put them away properly because I don't want him to come back to me and say, well, you don't do it. Right. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Um, now, when it comes to birthday and Christmas, it's not about not having any gifts, right? It's just about learning how to be more intentional. So my son is six years old and he's pretty much grown up with this method. And I would say it comes pretty like naturally to him, but that doesn't mean we don't ever fight about it. But at birthday and Christmas, I don't have any rules about gifts. I don't say one in one out or one gift per person. Like I don't have any rules like that, but our family friends don't go crazy either because they know I am me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so if there's something that he really wants, then usually I will let the family and friends know if they ask. Um, and I think people really appreciate having some kind of direction when it comes to gifts. For example, like Emerson really enjoys arts and crafts. So we often will ask for like craft supplies and things like that. And um, once those gifts comes home, the most important thing is to find a home for it. Because if you don't find a home for it, then that's becomes clutter and then clutter attracts more clutter. And when, so then when I give gifts to people, I try to like be intentional and also focus on experience gifts so that I know it doesn't become clutter in their house. Yeah. So, yeah. I think their experience gifts is smart as well. Right. And I guess it depends on what your, like your love language is, if it's, if it is gifts or if it is that quality time. Right. But experience can really create those memories you know, I look around our house and there's some stuff I'm like, I know someone bought this for him, but I can't remember who, right? Yeah. And an experience gift doesn't have to always be, you know, something like grand. A lot of people say, oh, I don't have money for like this big thing. I'm like, it could even just be a gift card to an ice cream shop. That yeah. would be lovely and everybody will have fun. Yeah. Like, who doesn't love ice cream? <laughs> well, yeah. Or towards like a, like a zoo pass or a heritage park or like, you know, even a small amount towards it. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. If, if people feel like they can't do the KonMari method exactly as it's laid out, because like, I, I know one of my barriers with it was like, well, I kind of need to keep some semblance of order in the house because of the kids. So I was nervous to do like all the clothes all together at once or all the paperwork all together at once. And so we kind of chipped away at it a little bit more. What's your, what's your advice for them? 
Yeah, so if you are doing the Komaru method, but you don't want to interrupt the home, definitely work in smaller subcategories. So instead of, like you said, instead of doing the entire closet, you could do just the tops. And the next time you can do just the socks and then just the dresses and things like that. Um, but other ways that people can start kind of trying out the method is, I would say you can start folding your clothes the Komari way. I mean, you have to fold your clothes anyway when you wash it. And then if you notice something hasn't been washed, that probably means you haven't worn it <laughs> and you probably let it go. And another great one that I always suggest to people is make your bed every day. I think that something so small takes like two minutes, but it makes a huge impact. Like when I walk into my room and the bed isn't made, it's just like, it looks so messy, even though it's just, I don't know, I guess it's just one big thing in the middle of the room. It takes up so much space. So, um, yeah. And then another thing that I really encourage people to do, even before you can get to actually joy checking everything, um, you can challenge yourself to keep your bathroom and kitchen counters clear. I think having clear counters really helps just feeling calm at home. Yeah. I know when we, when we, like, we did take an entire day to KonMari our kitchen. And at the end of the day, I was like, oh, I was like wiping my hands along the counters. I was like, this never happens. It's amazing. Like it does just, it sparks joy by doing the process, right? Yeah. Like I used to keep so much of my small appliances on the counter. We used to have this giant toaster oven. We had a tea kettle we had a coffee maker we had the Vitamix like everything was on the counter and so the thing is when it's on the counter when you're cooking and the oil splashing like those small appliances became like sticky and gross and you have to clean it and so after we put everything away even though I was skeptical I was totally skeptical about the whole thing but I thought all right Marie suggested it let me give it a good try put everything away. I just love the freedom to be able to cut or prep or do whatever I want, like on the counters. So like easily without thinking, without having to move things back and forth. Yeah. I love that. Well, and as this episode is going live, we've just started in July, the stress less challenge, uh, where it's a, a new habit we're taking on every month. And July is, is five minutes of finding sort of pure joy a day. So it just seemed the perfect time to have you on, but also from the habit standpoint, I love what you're talking about is starting small, like make the bed, keep the counters clear. Like if once you build that up and you get into enough of a rhythm with it, layer on something else and layer on something else. And it just becomes the way that you live your life instead of a huge undertaking, right? Exactly. And sometimes you just need a little bit of inspiration, right? Like if you do um, your closet and everything, it's a look like sometimes people are like, I just, after our tidying lesson, I just kept walking back into the closet to look at everything. It's like, you're going to want that feeling everywhere else. It's like, what else can I do? Yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, I want to switch a little bit into sort of the personal world. Um, you recently posted on Instagram how you were diagnosed with Graves' disease. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what Graves' disease actually is? Well, it means I have a hyperthyroid. So, um, so my body is constantly running faster. Like my, so how I discovered I even have this is I started noticing my heart rate was really high and I wear an Apple watch and every time I would check my heart rate, it would be over a hundred. And so, so then I started increasingly feeling like, is this because I'm so active or is this just weird? So then one day I was walking uphill, um, 
just outside, like I was walking uphill and I, I felt so out of breath and I checked my watch and they said my heart rate was over 150. And I was thinking, wow, 150 for walking. Like, you know, I, I work out a lot and even the most vigorous workout usually goes up to 120, 130. Anyway, so I ended up going to the hospital. And so they realized my thyroid. Um, I don't, I'm not a great explainer of things, but um, having a hyperthyroid just means, I think it means like you're, you have like a higher metabolism. So a lot of people lose weight on it. And like, I'm always hot and um, like I'm losing hair. So yeah. um, all, the, all the fun things, yeah. but yeah. It's interesting. Well, I have hypothyroidism. Mm. And so it's kind of, you know, it's funny, there's some overlap there in terms of like, you know, the hair falls out or all that kind of thing. Um, so it's interesting. Do you have to take medication for it? Or how has it changed your life? Yes. So I do have to take two different medication for it. But I wasn't too stressed about it because my husband actually had Graves disease a few years ago, but he's currently in remission. So um, having seeing him having gone through that, I'm like, okay, it's not it's not like a big deal. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm so glad to hear that. And I know you've been on like a, a health journey over the last few months. So that's fantastic. It's did they coincide? Like, did you find out while you were underway or? Yeah. So, so I, um, I never lost a baby weight after I had Emerson. And so that's something, um, I learned to be okay with. I, you know, I learned to love myself at whatever size I was, but that I just wasn't feeling healthy. And so, um, starting last year, I think around December, I was giving my friend advice about how to lose weight because she was asking me. And after I gave her this advice, which was like, find healthy food that you would like to eat, you know, don't go on a diet, because that's not sustainable and just like, keep moving. And I was like, these are really simple advice. Why can't I follow them myself? So then I started, you know, just following exactly what I was saying that I was going to do. I walked, um, I just tried to walk more and I would go on the treadmill and watch YouTube so that I would be entertained and things like that. And I lost about 30 pounds. And so after I, I lost 30 pounds, I was like, you know, I feel great. I don't think I want to lose any more weight. Um, I just feel great at this size. And then that's when I noticed my weight continued to drop. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, if I'm not eating less and I'm not exercising more, why is my weight? Like, I think at one point there was a couple of days where I was dropping, dropping a pound a day and it felt scary to me. And so just that with the heart rate, with the, I noticed my hair was falling out more and yeah, so. So least, it really did come on fast, basically. Yeah. Grace. And so when I was checking my Apple Watch for the record, because you can see, you can see all the data that it's collected. Um, I noticed it was right around, it was basically two weeks before I, I was diagnosed. That's when, from that point on, it went from my heart rate was between 50 and 60 per minute to over 100. It's like, it just happened like one day. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, the other day I realized the salt that I've been eating actually is fortified with iodine. And I was like, oh my God, that's like the number one thing you should avoid. Yeah. Um, but it's sea salt. So we didn't think sea salt was fortified, but apparently the one I bought was. So then we quickly switched it. And as soon as I switched it, I actually just felt better. Yeah. 
That's amazing. But it's, it's also interesting what you're saying again, habits, right. For the, for changing your health around of like these small little tweaks, but being consistent with it over time. And, you know, I, again, I keep looking around my house and I'm like, I think that is the biggest thing for us of like, I feel like we did the KonMari method, but we have to be consistent to keep it up. It's not a one-time, it's a one-time to do the big thing, but then you've got to apply the rules and apply as habits, right? Yeah, so for us, every Sunday is our clean day. So that's the day we vacuum and, you know, we do all the things, wipe down the windows and, and whatnot, clean the bathroom. And so on Sunday is also the day where we do this reset. So we look around and we put away everything that is not in the right place. And so by having that, you know, consistent thing, I mean, what you try to do it every every night, like before you go to bed, but some stuff are going to get missed or some stuff, maybe you still need to have it out for a few more days. So basically every Sunday, you know, we try to put everything away and it just resets the home. It just feels amazing. And so it's, it's not as big as like a Komari thing. I would say to clean our house and put everything away probably takes everybody about an hour. So it's not even like a huge chunk of the day, but it just changes the tone and it just feels so good. Have you found that by doing this work, um, both with others and for yourself, that it sparked joy in ways that you wouldn't have expected? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, honestly, I wasn't sure if I even wanted to be a Komari consultant because the idea that you're going to go to somebody's house and, you know, it might be a very disorganized house and then to like help them do all these chores, right, that you might not even want to do in your own, own home. But the thing is, what I learned from the very first tidying lesson was that it's just so rewarding and it's so much fun. And I really enjoy learning about people's, like what sparks joy for one person may not spark joy for another person. And I just found this so fascinating, especially if I have multiple sessions in the week. Um, like one time I had two ladies back to back and they both had silverware. So like, you know, the formal silverware. And one was talking about how much she brought her joy and how she loves like polishing her silver and it just gave her so much like it's almost like meditation for her whereas the other one was like i'm not even gonna look at this i'm just gonna get rid of them all so i think it's just really fascinating when everybody you know because this method really is about what brings you joy it's not about what brings marie joy or what brings helen joy yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but how, if we actually, if we keep going with those principles of like, how can you bring more of those joyful moments into your everyday? Like I had a client, um, you know, we were taught very busy life, very, you know, lots of work, kids at home and stuff. And we're like, what are some small things we can do to bring joy to your everyday? And for her, it was starting to actually use a teacup that she got from her on her honeymoon that she never uses because most of us would nice things. They just go on the shelf or like, we'll save it for best. And that one tiny little thing, switching it up from her like boring Ikea mug, started her day, like you're saying, on the right note, on that right tone, and it changed everything. Not yeah, everything, when you have, well, it changes, like when you have things that brings you joy and you use it and you're reminded of that joy and that love right? That you have for things or you have for others, because maybe it's a gift from somebody you love. I don't know, maybe it's something passed down to you. Anyway, there's so many different types of joy. 
And when you just start the day with joy and then you have your day with joy, everything just, I don't know, you just feel supported. You feel like somebody's got your back. As simple as a coffee mug. Like if you have something you love, you got to use it. Yeah. I mean, if not now, when? Yep. And wear the closet. We need to all stop saving clothes for best. We need to just wear the stuff we like. Exactly. Yeah. Well, before we move into our final five questions, where can people find you? How could they work with you? I am Spark Joy with Helen on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my website is my name. It's HelenYun.com. And so I do a lot of different things. Um, I work with people one-on-one in their homes. I do virtual coaching. So that's usually for people outside of Calgary that may want to hire me. And I also do like a lot of speaking. I do a lot of workshops. Um, I recently, because of COVID, I created an online course. So I did an online challenge. So now I'm doing group coaching. And, um, and I also started doing business mentoring, which is crazy to me because but everything usually just happens because somebody asks for something and I'm like I could totally do that I love yeah. it well people definitely have to check you out and we will link to all those places in today's show notes thank so, you so much final five um what are some of the things or the projects personal or professional that get you like fired up in a good way well Anytime I get to talk about the Komara method, for sure, I really get like fired up and super excited because, you know, it changed my life. And so I really believe it works. And it honestly doesn't feel like work. Um, I also really love working on my website, which is something that um, I don't know. I never I, I didn't even know how to make a website when I made mine. And it's just been this kind of like thing that I just kept improving. And I love working on my website and making everything pretty. Um, I also really love learning about like apps and tools, like anything that I could use to streamline my work life. And um, outside of work, I, I was trying to, let me think. Okay, so outside of work, I really love learning new skills. I love self-improvement and self-help books. So I read a lot, but I never read fiction. I always mm -hmm. read nonfiction. And whenever I feel passionate about something, I just want to learn everything about it. Like I'll watch the documentaries, I will read the books, and I will look up stuff online for hours. So just like anything that I feel passionate about, like right now, anti-racism is a huge topic. So, you know, I'm watching all the documentaries, I'm watching movies, I'm joining online discussions, I'm reading blogs. So it's, I just love learning about I guess anything that I can do to make myself a better person. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, speaking of books, uh, what's one of the most inspiring books that you've read in the past few years? Okay, so I just recently read Jessica Jensen's book, Bring the Joy. Um, I read a cover to cover in a day. It's just such a great book. Um, I really, like I laughed, I cried. I just, I couldn't put it down. And I also have to talk about Marie Kondo's new book, Joy at Work. It's like the equivalent of the life-changing magic of tidying up, but it's applied to the work setting. And there's just so many great takeaways. And then another good one is I'm a big fan of Gretchen Rubin. So I read The Four Tendencies, The Happiness Project, and Outer Order, Inner Calm. Um, I just, I love her books because it's all like based on research and I think I kind of have that tendency myself. I love researching things. So for me to read those, I always find it like really fascinating. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, we actually just gave away Jessica's, one of Jessica's book on the, on Instagram and yeah, people definitely resonate with that book and she was a great podcast guest. What as aside from tidying up, 
what are some of your go-to strategies for handling stress? Uh, definitely exercise and cooking. <laughs> I guess they go hand in hand. But um, most often, if I feel stressed, the first thing I do is take that five to 10 minutes and put things back because that's usually when I feel stressed. It's when I see clutter, you know, start to pile up from the day. And at night, I watch Netflix and go to bed late like everybody else. Um, I also really enjoy taking care of my plants. So like when I wipe the leaves and clean them and water them, I just find it really calming. Um, so I think those are all great stress reductions. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, for sure. What is the best life lesson that you've learned or advice that you've been given? Don't be scared of the unknown. So back in 2012, I dropped everything to move across the country to Calgary from Toronto for my husband's job. And what really surprised me was how much I ended up loving the city. Like we really have no reason to still be living here, except the fact that we just love it. And because of that experience, I learned not to be afraid to make changes. And then a few years later, I ended up walking out of my toxic workplace without a plan. And, you know, it was scary. But then at the same time, all these amazing things happen. And I just think, you know, as the Kumari method is like, when you focus on joy, you really can't go wrong. Yeah. And finally, Helen is what does it mean to you to live your best life? To choose joy every day, um, to have fun, have a great family life, have strong friendships, to have a job that is rewarding, um, both mentally and financially, that is also in alignment with your values. And I think loving yourself just the way you are, I think that's a really important piece. And so, um, yeah, if you're able to do all that, you're living your best life. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to join the Stress Less Habits Challenge so that you can live more stressless and actually enjoy your daily life, go to stresslesshabits.com and maybe bring a friend with you because I tell you, accountability makes a huge difference. When you have someone that you're accountable to, you are up to 95% more likely to achieve the change that you want. So sign up with a friend at stresslesshabits.com. Have a fantastic week and we will chat next time.